If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Best Bets, giving you VSIN's top talent, handicappers, and guests to catch you up on what you may have missed. Hey, everybody, and welcome in. It is another edition of VSIN Best Bets. We've reached Friday. It's a mega sports betting weekend, and we're here to take you through all the top stories and insights from around our network. I'm Ben Wilson here from the South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. If you're new to this show, we're taking the best clips, the best hosts, guests, all, all sorts of insights from around our network that you might have missed earlier today as we get you prepared for a massive weekend in sports betting highlighted by the NFL Combine, final big weekend of regular season college basketball, more news and notes around the NBA and a big UFC card as well Saturday night. As we start the show today, we'll talk NFL draft, the latest news there, as well as the combine as the workouts are now underway in Indianapolis. We'll also give you some tips and insights on how to handle in-game college basketball conference tournament betting with Selection Sunday now just nine days away. We'll also discuss the biggest games on the card this weekend. It is the final regular season weekend for the Power Five college basketball before the big conference tournament starts next week. We'll also have some NBA insights and don't worry, UFC 285, a huge card this weekend in Las Vegas with the John Jones Cyril Gaon matchup as well. A whole lot of guests joining us on the show today from our clips that we have. We'll start off with Follow the Money, which you can catch weekdays here on the network, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time with our hosts Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard. The NFL Combine, it's now underway in Indianapolis. Interviews are now in the rearview mirror. It's time to get out in the field and do testing, which is our first glimpse at where the odds on the NFL draft market might start to shift a little bit 
And it all begins at number one with quarterback Bryce Young out of Alabama. Here's what Mitch and Paul had to say this morning as they prepare for a very, very significant part of the NFL draft betting process, the Combine, this weekend. I can't really even begin to explain to you how excited I am overall for the Combine this year compared to like every other year of my entire life. Typically, it's like I don't, I'm not going to sit around on a Saturday in early March and watch these guys run around in their underwear and test out with their cone drills and how big their vertical is. I don't really care. But this year, the number one pick has been up in the air for a mm. long time. I know Bryce Young is and has been the odds on favorite now for a little while to go number one overall, but I'm not really buying that still. I don't care how many people have to say that if it was up to them, they would take Young overall. And I think this is the ultimate lit litmus test this year. And we've seen steam on Richardson, the, the quarterback from Florida. And it's only going to get worse if that's if you think the guy can't play. It's going to get worse tomorrow when he throws and when Will Levis throws. And this will maybe turn out to be the ultimate test this year of you can never bet what your eyeballs tell you. You have to bet what the information is telling you. And I, I like, look, I don't think Richardson or Levis should go number one overall at one time out of 100 years. Not, not in my opinion. I would mm -hmm. not take either one of those guys. But I'm sitting on Richardson 25 to 1 and Levis 30 to 1 to go number one overall. And I'm super excited about this. No, you never know. Look what the Bears did with Trubisky. They fell in love with them and it turned out to be the horrible decision. But over Watson and did. Mahomes. Yeah, right. Okay. Right, too. I also thought about this yesterday when we got off the air. So I'm an emaciated puke. I'm, I'm 175, 170 pounds, right? Well, you could knock me over with a feather. So if, if Young is like 190, 195 pounds, think about that. In addition to the height, right? Uh, but th that guy's going to go number one. That's the size NFL quarterback. And it's just right, bigger, better, faster, stronger. Today's athlete. Look what happened at the 40, or what they did with Nolan Smith uh, and Will Anderson. I mean, these guys are running a four. Nolan Smith, second fastest 40-yard dash for a D lineman in, in the combine history. He ran a faster 40 than Barkley Diggs and Hopkins. That's absurd. And when Will Anderson runs a four six forty, the and, and the, but Bryce Young is, is could be one hundred ninety one hundred ninety pounds. Sure, sure. And, and a franchise wants to trade up and give him you know the contract, and then hopefully he's going to pan out. And if he does, it'll be worth it. But a second contract for two hundred fifty million dollars. I mean, Will Anderson tested out yesterday like a total freak. Like yeah. that that yeah. guy can probably step yeah. right in to the NFL on day one and make an impact as a rookie. Like, maybe we're talking about kind of like a, a Chase Young type, his first year as a rookie with the Commanders, and how he stepped right in from Ohio State and was very, very good. Yeah, this is what you're dealing with nowadays. You're, you have to avoid the pass rush of guys who are six foot four, and they run like the second and third fastest times in history for the 40, and they're tracking you down and breathing down your neck the entire time. Mm -hmm. And then you have to, by the way, when that's not happening, at 5'10, 5'10 and a half, you have to then throw it over these wingspans that are just absolutely enormous. Yeah. If you can actually see over your own offensive lineman. Sure. If this guy's 5'10 and Mayfield's listed 6'1 and all these passes get knocked down at the line of scrimmage on a regular basis. I mean, that, that's, yeah, it's wild. You're gonna, it's wild. And you're going to take, again, like I said yesterday, you're going to potentially take this guy that high with what could be, you know, depending on the team, a bad offensive line. I wish you the best of luck. Yep. Yep. And, and do you agree now with, because he, Things went so well for him yesterday and the 40 time at DraftKings. Will Anderson's $1.75 first defensive player selected. Well, first of all, nice job by they didn't take they could take as long as they wanted to to repost this. 
and I don't, I don't disagree with books like DraftKings taking down this market after what happened to Jalen Carter. They need to reassess. But now, yeah, to be priced that strongly at minus 175 as we speak, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech is 3-1, to one, and Jalen Carter plus 350. I would think that if... What I think I want to happen here is like bad news that keep coming in with Jalen Carter and like reports of teams saying, yeah, well, but I don't think that's going to happen. Because if Carter would slip down to like seven, eight to one, I think there's going to be value on him. But I, that's why I don't think they put him up that high. They put him up at plus 350. No, you can't go that high. Now, yeah, now, it's in, now it's in yeah. no man's land yeah. where it's like, yeah, eh, I'm going to pass on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, and so Anderson, if the Bears don't trade the pick, Anderson was recently as high as 15 to one to go number one overall. If they shock the world, don't trade the pick, hang on to it, and select number one on draft night, is the pick Will Anderson? Three days ago, I would have said it's Jalen Carter. Right. I, I, I can't get there. They're trading the pick, though. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm asking yeah, if they yeah. keep the pick. It could, yeah, very. I, I think so. I think they got to go him. Yeah, yeah. If it's not Carter. But to me, that's a no-brainer that you have to trade the pick. Yeah. Because there's so many teams that will be lining up to do that and open for business. So And, I, and Arizona's open for business at three, too. Yeah. I just I, I want the reaction to Anthony Richardson and Will Levis throwing the football more than anything else, and that'll be tomorrow on NFL Network. I just I cannot wait to see what – that's why I'm so excited again. Because people are going to go – the stuff on Richardson now is absolutely bonkers. Sure it is. And where's he, he – Mike Dettelier laughed at us off air. And, yeah, he did. And ex, uh, uh, explicit of a tirade filled with uh, F-bombs with uh, – <laughs> I asked him about the move. Could he go number one overall? It was off air. I mean, he, he laughed. It's like, this, this can't be. He but... said, like, no chance. <laughs> right. Okay. He's plus 650 as of right now. And you monitor and watch what happens when they blow people out of the water tomorrow with their arms. Richardson plus 650 – Will Levis will dazzle people with his frame and his arm strength. He's plus 750. Again, I, I would not consider either one of those guys number one overall. I would not trade up for any of them. I wouldn't trade up for Bryce Young. I wouldn't trade up for C.J. Stroud, but that's just me. And then you not only have like their physical statures, um, it comes down to how well they talk to these teams. And this is a, a little bit of a back and forth on ESPN yesterday. And they were talking about how teams have loved Richardson in the interview process thus far. One of the things that Napier told me this week, though, Matt, is how intelligent Richardson is. I'm not sure that that actually gets as much credit as it should, but teams are noticing here, right? Teams are noticing, and it might matter more than how fast he is, how strong his arm is. I talked to a handful of scouts last night who had been in interviews where they had all four of the top quarterbacks back-to-back-to-back. Every single one of them said Anthony Richardson is the best quarterback interview they've had this year. Some of them said he's the best quarterback interview they would have had last year. He is crushing it in the interview portion. What happens behind us on the field is important it's fun that's why we're here but the interviews are why the players are here and he's crushing it so if you can win the combine as a quarterback you do it in these meetings 15 minute speed dating that they do and he's crushing it right now okay well first of all good good for the kid i'm happy that he's crushing it like that but what matt miller said at the very beginning how about that and this this is a guy who has covered the draft like 365 days a year for a long long time now he said at the very beginning of that soundbite, the interview process might be more important than how you throw and what, we, what you look like, which people might disagree with that. And it sounds kind of like that's made up. I, I would trust him. Well, how do you struggle throwing against air? That's the other thing. Yeah, right. I mean, that, I mean, that, that, should be a, that shouldn't be a problem. Dropping out of the, 
third round. Right. And you've been working your, your this is what you've been working for for so long uh, with, with the combine and your pro day. So, well, that you're right. That's also intriguing with, with the smart guy and, right. and he had such an, a good interview. With the first three days now underway of the actual physical testing at the Combine, odds have not shifted all that much at the top. Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, remains minus 160 to be the number one pick in this year's draft via DraftKings, while C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, sits at number two, plus 350. The big movers so far, as the guys Mitch and Paul talked about, with his elite, elite testing. Will Anderson, the linebacker out of Alabama, has now plus 650, has moved into a tie for third on the odds board. Until about 24 hours ago, the first four players on that odds board were all quarterbacks with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis right behind. The one development that has now happened, at least in the betting market over the last 24 hours, after Jalen Carter's arrest, booking, and subsequent release in Athens, Georgia earlier in the week, the defensive odds on first defensive player selected had been taken off the board. Those have since reposted. And while Carter was as high as minus 105 on the odds board to be number one overall before that story broke, he's now switched not only from out of the number one position, he's actually number three on the odds board. It's now Will Anderson minus 225 to go first defensive player drafted, while the outstanding edge rusher Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech has seen his name move up the draft boards over the last couple of weeks. He's now plus 350 with rumors of him going as high as the top five, with Carter slipping now to third on the odds board at four to one. As a reminder, though, betting the NFL draft, it's all about information, not your own preconceived notions or opinions on the players in this news-based betting market. Stay tuned because every single day it seems like something new is coming out with regards to the NFL draft. Lots to track this weekend with the NFL Combine, which we'll be doing here at the network. But when we return, it's time to dive into both the NBA and college basketballs. We're just getting started here on VEASAN Best Bets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Businessweek, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's best bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. It's another segment of VSIN Best Bets, your home for all the best clips from across the network here on VSIN. I'm Ben Wilson back at our South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. While a lot of the sports betting attention this weekend is on the NFL Combine, and rightly so, it's also a huge weekend, both in college basketball with conference tournaments underway and the final regular season weekend for the major conferences, as well as the NBA as we now near the month final month portion of the regular season and a big addition in the NBA right before the trade deadline out of Dallas with Kyrie Irving joining Luka Doncic in a Mavericks uniform. Those two went off last night, 82 combined points in a victory over Philadelphia. As we bring you this clip from a numbers game, which you can hear weekday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time here on VEASAN with Gil Alexander and Kelly Bidlin. How do Gil and Kelly view the Mavericks long term after a big night and a win last night? So Kyrie, 40 yesterday, Luka, 42 and 12 assists. Mavs beat the Sixers, 133 to 126. I'm still not taking the Mavs seriously. Sorry. Well, but, I'll tell you one thing, Gil. If those two continue to combine for over 80 points. That'll help. Piece, they're they're going to be dangerous to the West. That'll help. <laughs> but I just, do you see them sustaining a playoff no. run? No, no, absolutely not. No. And the Sixers remain the Sixers. I'll tell I you. mean, look, they they are going to be a pain in the ass team sure. in the playoffs for whoever gets them. Hundred percent. Because you have two of the elite scorers in the NBA that are going to go back and forth that you just trade in blows left and right. But no, I don't. No, they don't think it's sustainable. Their defense is not that good. Um, I still don't think they have the great, uh, great, they don't have great depth. And I don't think they have the, the perfect guys to fit around these two. If you did have a summer to kind of rearrange your entire roster. Pain in the butt is exactly what they'll be. I will, I will get back to my theme though all week and really for years now. Remember we hit the Warriors on a future last year to win the NBA title on this show, which preceded a tremendous run on this show. Paulo Valcaro going number one. Ole Miss at 101 winning the College Baseball World Series. The Braves 17 times to win the NL East. Iga left and right. It was just a ridiculous run. 
But when I said with the Warriors, I'm like, are we all not going to, are y'all not going to learn your lesson with this team every, every year? And last night they take on, on the heels, or I should say on the strength of a 38 to eight run, Jordan pool leading the way with 34. The Warriors come from behind to beat the Clippers 115 to 91. And that's with Steph not yet in the house. And so there will be a Warriors futures ticket in my pocket by the uh, end of the weekend. I promise you that. Yeah. Looks like I'm uh, not, I, I'm going to back up my words. I am not going to sleep on this team. No, no one else should either. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you this year. I did it last year. Gil. I ain't doing it again this year, especially with the way the Western conference looks right, right now. Uh, looks like there's a chance Steph is back Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, according to Kerr. Uh, and the bigger thing here to me, Gil, is this Clippers team. Which okay, is, that was my that was my second question. It, it's just it, it's just when have we seen it consistently from this team this year? Like these guys, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been healthy enough to at least play most of the season. We have not sat back at any point this year and then been like, man, the Clippers these past two weeks have been crazy hot. Like that that hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. And I think that if you're I am I am starting to sour on this team where it's look they they look great on paper. They look like a championship team on paper. But I'm not seeing it consistently from them on the basketball court. We did our exact as our favorite exact bets and you know we we identified that the Bucks were the most undervalued and so we paired the Bucks with three different each one of us with three different Western Conference teams we hadn't consulted each other beforehand in case you missed that segment and and one of them was the Clippers, but I'm I'm with you in the sense that and let me just put it this way it feels like it is insane to bet any, any way on a team that you have not seen it happen. This notion yes. that you are going to bet on a promise with this team seems so ridiculous. Like, why would you do that? Can't, can't do it. Because there is, I mean, there's things that, that obviously you want to get ahead of in sports because you see, you, you see a path for it. Well, if this happens and this happens, I get it. But, like, we've seen these guys on the court together. It's it's not going to happen. And with this latest stretch for the Clippers now having lost four straight games, failing to cover four straight, question marks now abound about the health where Kawhi Leonard has been ruled out tonight for a big rematch in the Western Conference with the Clippers taking on the Sacramento Kings. Along with that, Paul George is questionable coming into tonight, and the betting market isn't convinced he's going to suit up as the Kings have moved this morning from seven to now as high as eight-and-a-half-point favorites in the market. In the meantime, time to transition to college basketball as we go back to our follow the money crew. How about some in-game betting tips? It is that time of year. March Madness is upon us. We're nine days away from Selection Sunday, so how should betters be looking to approach the in-play wagering options when it comes to college basketball? I like what Alan Boston told me earlier in the week about you got to watch games now. Oh, you have yeah, to, Paul. For your betting, watch games. And now some people, that's ah, frowned upon. It's too busy. I mean, especially from an in-play standpoint, you know, teams that need it against teams that are locked into the seat. Also, the teams that get hot, a new lease on life, and it's a new year. And I, okay, well, now we could get going. Um, and, and we win four games in four days. We can do this and shock the world, and we still have a chance. The team that doesn't care and maybe injuries or punt on the game as well. Game flow, all that. I mean, it was just it was great talking to him and all the great key points that he, he made. But the biggest takeaway was, you know, expect the unexpected. I mean, and, and also to, to point it to tie in with his point about you got to watch games. He also told me it's more instincts than numbers driven now because it's a new season about how important it is to watch games yeah. and go with your instinct. And you have to throw out some of the numbers, too, because of how good teams go through the motions. 
I'm locked into a seed. Why risk it? Why risk fatigue? That's more with the bigger schools coming up next week. But you know how Roy Williams treated it for years. Lou right. Olson hated the conference tournaments. Sure he did. Also at Arizona, hated it. I mean, so oh, it's, Bobby Knight, I mean, remember that? Could not stand the idea yeah. of the Big Ten going Another to one. a championship yeah, right. or a tournament. Uh, but also it is, and I've said this over and over and over again, but I, I personally, I learned my lesson a long time ago. I can't live bet games unless I'm watching them. Uh, I made the mistake right away when live betting first became a thing, like in Las Vegas. And I'm like, out with friends, or I see like, you know, a team is down by 14. Hey, they're going to make a comeback. I have no idea what's going on in the game. And I'll give you an example of, um, it's easy to say now because we were not on the air and we never are during these games because they're so early. But if you watched, if you were specifically watching a game like Texas TCU the other night, uh-huh. and Texas was down big, you could kind of tell that the tide was shifting in that game. And Texas, they were playing their guts out. That, they, that a, rent, a run was potentially coming. And a big number was available on Texas. Almost double digits, by the way. And just by watching the game, using your own eyeball test, it's like, yeah, I think now is the time to buy in on Texas to make a run here and grab that number. That happened to cash. I thought last night, if you were watching the UCLA-Arizona State game, mm-hmm. when UCLA started to put, to, put it together right. at the end of the first... Like Arizona were, State had a big lead early. Yeah, absolutely right. But you didn't know because... Uh, uh, the Michigan game went long. That's another, that, right, sure. But if you were watching that game when it finally popped and you could see UCLA started to make a dent uh, in, that, in that deficit, it's like, yeah, they're starting to overtake this team now and they're clearly the better team on the court. And then they eventually ran them out. That's just a couple of things that you have to be paying attention to this time of year. And I, look, I mean, there are so many games you need to be at a sports book or you need to have like a seven TV set up at your house. And how many people are going to have that? Not a lot. Just so much action, and but it is, I mean, it starts at, uh, what, noon today, I think, again? We had, what, a game at 12.30 Eastern yesterday? Uh, the dog almost won that game outright yeah. before South Alabama pulled away and covered the game. Yeah. Uh, one Eastern with the Arch Madness. Okay. And then there's uh, Asheville plays to the one seed. They go at the same time as well. You're right. Um, I can't, su- Sunday's so good. That Liberty-Kennesaw State game. I mean, you, you, and what Liberty has done going back. They lost to Bellamine. In the title game, was it last? McGee's still on the team. Seems like he's been there for 10 years. Sure. Already, 22 a game, whatever he averages. And then a couple of years ago, that was the first time we met Stanford Steve. They came back and won as a 12 seed and beat Miss State. Yeah. They won a game in the tournament. So whoever wins that game Sunday is going to give someone fits in the first round. That's the same thing in the Summit, right? Because Amos is still there at Oral, Oral yep. Roberts. And they, they r- ran the entire league this year. Haven't lost. Their coach was talking about this is silly. Now we have to go win three games in three days. And he's right. Did he say that? Oh, yeah. Good for I'll him. I'll try to get the audio here maybe a, l- a little bit later on. But look at this. North Dakota State. And over the years, they've had a really good program. But in this conference tournament, 18-5 and five straight up, 14-7 and seven ATS with four titles. And they've made the championship game seven times. Like, it's probably not going to be a cakewalk for Oral, Oral Roberts. No, no. And that if they would lose, oh, boy. So many great storylines already underway for the college basketball conference tournaments. We'll update you on some of the scores for the early games in our next segment because the action is already underway early here on a Friday. But some things to keep in mind, especially if you're live betting as well throughout the conference tournament specifically, it's a bit of a different handicap than the NCAA tournament where you really have to consider if you're looking to make a bet live, what is the team or teams involved in the game you're betting on have to play for? Is it a power five team already locked into a seed? Is it a team who can only get to the NCAA tournament by winning the conference tournament, or is it a a team on the bubble who is in one of those quote-unquote must-win games? I always make sure to pay attention to that as it relates to the total. 
Because sometimes you'll see if a team is on its last game of the year and desperate just trying to extend the game, you'll see the foul situation increase. You'll see teams still foul even down 10 or 11, and that has the potential to take games over those in-game totals. So make sure you know what the situation, the circumstance, and the nuances with whatever game you're betting because there is a lot to sift through when we get to college tournament time in the college basketball. We'll have a lot more to get to on the college hoops. We'll talk about the biggest game still to come this weekend within the Power 5 ranks. We'll also get you a preview on the big UFC card this weekend when we return. This is VSIN's best bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in as VEASAN Best Bets continues live from our South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. We promised you some updates from around the college basketball because it is already underway. The conference tournament play with Arch Madness, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. And again, you always see weird things this time of year. So don't be surprised if you have some upsets outright, some near upsets, some big scares for some of the top seeds in these conference tournaments, especially the smaller leagues where the assumption is it'll be a one bid league, maybe two max. And Northern Iowa trying to do just that. The eighth seed in the Missouri Valley Tournament after scoring 75 points in a win yesterday over Illinois State. Northern Iowa has just taken the lead, 40 544 on top of Bradley with 14 minutes to go in the game. Northern Iowa catching 10 points today with the total that got steamed a little bit to the under from 136, closing down at 134 and a half. Again, the games start early. They go very late. Make sure you are locked in. If you're looking to bet these games, whether pregame or in-game, you know, pick a conference tournament or two and just follow it from start to finish. You can get a really good sense of flow for where the teams are all at within the relative tournaments. Only other couple games going on right now. The CAA is underway with Monmouth and Hampton early 11 point lead for Monmouth in the first round there from Washington, DC with Hampton going off as a short point favorite. That is the other conference tournament game underway right now. Speaking of the college basketball, it's not only conference tournaments this week. We still have a bunch of power five regular season games, senior days across the board, still fighting for bubble positioning and seating positioning for the respective conference tournaments. As we go back to the follow the money crew with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard, let's take a look at what are some of the biggest games they are watching out for that will still have betting imp implications and potential edges for this weekend in college basketball. To me, the marquee game early on is Alabama at Texas A&M. I have faded Alabama. I did not bet against them against Auburn like you did the other night. Mm -hmm. However, I did have Arkansas against them, and I took a little South Carolina first half money line and game money line, which was 10 or 11 to 1. They almost won that. That was the first game back for, well, the first game for Alabama after the Brandon Miller news really came out. And if I told you right now that Bama is going to be in the neighborhood of a three-point favorite tomorrow, would you bet A&M, or what would you need yeah. to bet against Bama again? Yeah, that's good enough. I'm yeah. going to bet against them every game the rest of the year. I, mean, I had them, you mentioned Auburn, uh, the game before that, and the game before that, uh, had South Carolina, and had uh, Arkansas. I just, uh, this 0-3 ATS run, and you couldn't handle this any worse than how Alabama's handling this. Uh, also, it's affected uh, the, the team and how they're playing. I think you're dead if you have a future ticket on them. Well, poor choice of words, uh, but you're in trouble if you have a future ticket on them as well. <clears throat> the SID is telling the media basketball questions only. They are flipping out and saying, we don't work for you. Uh, get out of here with that. A reporter had his hand up the entire time yesterday to ask Oates a question about that, and it wasn't called on. Uh, the president is nowhere to be found during it's, all this. Yeah. No comments there, and it's affected the team, and you just see it as – 
They're down 17 to Auburn. They were they should have lost to South Carolina as a 16 point favorite. They were down at the half against Arkansas. A and M needs it. A and M's been great at home. <clears throat> All those uh, scenarios as well. So not just Saturday, but a playing against Alabama from here on out. And could yeah. we could see an early exit in the tournament? A and M. They are 14 and one at home. Their lone loss came to Wofford. That's it. And if you go back since January 1st, some of the advanced metrics, this team has been a force in the country. At one point, they were the second best team in the country. I think that's faded a little bit, but those are per Torvik's numbers. And I'm with you. Uh, I had to take South Carolina. They were a huge number with the point spread and to win that game outright. And Bama had a, well, he gave him a heroic performance in that game. He had like 41 points. Well, especially if there's going to be something new every game, right? In terms of dealing with distractions. That has always con- that's continued when the story was fresh, yeah. then the pat down, then this. And it, so it, it just continues yeah. about re- re- more to the story or they continue to do something stupid. Yeah. And it's going to be a hostile environment tomorrow in College Station. Ken Palm makes Alabama a three point favorite. Bart Torvik makes him one point seven. If that number would open three, I'm absolutely going to be on Texas A&M. Uh, in that spot, Iowa State plays at Baylor. Iowa State State is uh, slipping and sliding lately. Ken Palm makes Baylor six. Torvik makes him six point one as a favorite in that game. I know we talked to uh, Dallin Cuff from ESPN earlier this week. He kind of wrote off Baylor's chances to win a national title for the second time in three years. Yeah, you, you never know how the region's going to look and how it's going to break. I, I just think Baylor offensively is phenomenal, and I. And I I do expect this team to make a deep run again, depending on where they're going to land in their region. This is going to be a great conference tournament. It's such a good league. This conference is. It's so good. Right. And that's why, I mean, when you look at the quad one wins for Kansas this year, that's why they have so many. That's why the second most belong to Texas and Baylor. Um, Right. Another one will be SEC. I mean, based with the one seed here, with the distractions they have to deal with, and, and certainly you could see an upset in the SEC, uh, do you think Kentucky bounces back after the bad loss to Vandy? Well, they have not been great on the road this year. And that number projects to be around five, five and a half, I believe, for Arkansas. And Arkansas with a loss this week. I mean, it's a brutal stretch for all these teams in these in these leagues like the SEC and the Big 12. But uh, they played well uh, in the first half, came back to cover that game against Alabama. And as of right now, I really don't know what to expect game in and game out from Kentucky because they were playing well. They had that performance against Bruce Pearl and his club. They were phenomenal. And then they laid a complete stinker the other night against Vandy. <laughs> Vandy's been good down the stretch, but again, that's that's what you're up against here with this team. Talent-wise, I'll, I'll take my chances against most teams in the country. Coaching-wise, I'll take the other team almost blindfolded. Yeah, I, I don't care who they're playing. I, just, I think Calipari's that bad of a head coach when it comes to game time. Locals and, agree with you. And his X's and O's. I, mm-hmm. just, I think he's terrible as a head coach. Yep. So I don't think Kentucky wins the game. Covering could be a different story, but I'm not going to be surprised if on Saturday this game plays in or Arkansas wins by 12 to 15 points. All right. Um, Surprise West Virginia's favorite. It's well, that, Kansas State. If that but, would be three and a half or four. If, with their numbers, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, tough spot to play. What, 6 and 11 in conference? Yeah, I know. How but about go, that? But going to Morgan, that's the that's the thing. Winning mm-hmm. on the road in college basketball is extremely difficult. Right. And K State could get a two seed. Yeah, I've yeah. watched these them are, play. These are tough games, though. I, I I've watched K State play it a handful of times. I, they're they're damn good. And I know that's maybe a little Captain Obvious checking in, but again, I'm not going to. If we get complete carnage this year, why can't it be a team like Kansas State? And the, when you look at the seed line, if they're going to be a two, that wouldn't exactly be complete carnage. But I'm talking about like based on 
who they have been as a program over the years. Well, look, can I interest you in Miami and Marquette at 40 to 1? There's another one, right? I think I mean, I maybe Marquette's look, had a hell of a year. Yeah, they're very good. And Shaka is a guy that I want on my side more times than not. Miami offensively is outstanding. Bad loss to Florida State, but uh, and very good at home. But that's still, that, that's maybe worth a look at 40 or 50 to 1. Sure. Um, Miami could be. Uh, no Marquette? Can't do that? Okay. I just think that at this point of the season, man, big numbers were available for such a long part of the year that I think that that might be a well, team where the rollover parlay could come into play. I'll give you another one. You're not seeing a lot of attention. Uh, that's the other problem with this. The Alabama thing is the story in college basketball, and that the sport can't get out of its own way. Uh, UCLA, I mean, they're gonna, they win the, the regular season. Can they win the conference tournament out here? Could they get a one seed? They've had a hell of a year as well, and they're loaded. And I think they'll beat Arizona. And they get, the, they get the win last night. They messed around early on, but pulled away. And they could be, according to the numbers here, Ken Paul maybe a six or seven-point favorite against Arizona. Yeah, what do you think of that, by the way? Now, I was actually a little bit surprised. I thought the number would be between four and five. And it's not out yet at sportsbooks. But again, a lot of times with uh, Bart Torvik and Ken Palm, the numbers happen to open where they have them. And Ken Palm has UCLA a seven-point favorite against Arizona. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of points. But you look at you win that game, you'd be what twenty eight and four, twenty seven and four, and then if you win the conference tournament out here, and oh. I don't think they would lose to a USC or an Arizona State or an Oregon or someone like that. I think they have a great. Uh, they're going to have a great case for a number one seed. Absolutely. It's, it's just will any of those teams above them uh-huh. stub their toe? And if that happens, and if they win the Pac twelve tournament, you talked about this yesterday, yeah. and we talk about it every single year on this time. The committee throughout the years they put a lot of stock into the conference tournaments too much, in fact. So if UCLA True. wins out and a team like Purdue loses early, they were in a dogfight the entire game against Wisconsin last night. They couldn't cover that game. Um, uh, what if Alabama loses early in the SEC tournament? What if they lose against A&M and then they lose again like in the second round or their second game of the SEC tournament? Will they look at that and say, the, the Miller the situation, yeah. and not, not, not impressive down the stretch, yeah. maybe a couple of losses? Yeah. How do you feel about Sunday with your Kennesaw well, State? Before team? we get there real yeah. quick. Um, don't forget Kansas plays at Texas and Texas could be in, in the between right. three, three and a half point favorite. Good for them. It was supposed to be seasons over when yep. Beard was fired. They've been great. Yeah. Te- Texas, one of the many teams that has been able to stay competitive despite off the court issues. And that's why we come into this weekend with a ton of storylines within college basketball, not only in the smaller conference tournaments, where by the end of the day, Sunday, we'll have our first automatic bids to the NCAA tournament set but also in the major conferences where there's still a lot to play for heading into the Power 5 conference tournaments, which start next week. We still have one more segment to go here on VSIN Best Bets. Speaking of big weekends, it's not a weekend if it doesn't have a big UFC card. UFC 285 will get Lou Finicaro's thoughts on that main event fight with John Jones and Cyril Gaon squaring off when we come back, as well as some Major League Baseball new rule change thoughts with our Adam Burke. That's next here on VSIN Best Bets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Best Bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. 
in addition to all the big time sports going on this weekend in the sports betting universe, as we welcome you back for the final time, it is a mega UFC card highlighted by the main event marquee matchup in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena to highlight UFC 285 between John Jones and Cyril Gaon. We've had a great amount of coverage all week on the network. If you missed it, latest episode of First Strike is available now online with our host Dave Ross. We also earlier today on Follow the Money brought on Lou Finicaro, one of several VSIN UFC experts. Lou joined Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on the show to give his thoughts on how UFC 285 looks to break out in his mind. UFC 285 is tomorrow night, highlighted by John Jones making his return. And he is in the $1.65 favorite range against uh, Cyril Gain. And uh, got, and uh, Lou Finicaro does, in fact, join the program now. Lou, you're awesome on the sport. I want to ask you about this. Everybody's talking about, you know, how is, including me, Jones, how did he open up as a dog? Uh, he's probably going to go much higher than, maybe, higher than 165 as the favorite. But let me flip it here and ask you this. What's the path here to John Jones actually losing? Great question. First of all, guys, what a fantastic show, and thanks for having me on, especially this time of year. Jones' uh, path to stubbing his toe and Ghani's path to earning a victory, uh, and excuse me, it's gone, and I'll mispronounce it 20 times. Uh, Ghan's st significant strike offense is 60%. That, that's really unbelievable. That's a high number for a heavyweight. His significant strike defense, meaning his ability to evade 63%. These are obtuse numbers. So clearly it paints the picture. Gane, Gan needs to use his feet, maintain distance, pick and pack. And you look at the total in this fight, which is surprising to me, four and a half shaded over. Gan's path to victory stick and move, maintain distance, stuff the takedowns, and win himself a decision via point. And, and that's a reasonable, logical approach. This is not an easy pushover fight for John okay. Jones. Yeah. But, but having said that now, again, um, how have you bet this fight going back to when it first opened, and what would, what would your advice be today on how to attack this from a betting standpoint? Well, it's always great when you know, we handicappers come in and brag about what a great price we got. But Jones did start as a dog, surprisingly enough. And I think those that understand this business or this sport attack that like a fumble in the Super Bowl, quite honestly. Now that line has switched. I think it's priced. It's getting close to where I think it should be. I still think Jones, uh, based on his wrestling chops, his size, and his body of work, who he's been in with, yeah, he's he's stepping up. But let's not forget, for many years at Jackson Wink, when Arlovsky was there, when Frank Mir was there, all these heavyweights, who did they train with? John Jones. Mm -hmm. John Jones walks around at 230. After he weighed in for 205 fights, he weighed 230 for his fights, 233. So to pack on 25 more pounds over three years, uh, is not out of the question for a guy with his kind of focus and pedigree. Now, he's 35 now. He's been off three years. These are intangibles. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. Gan has been very, very active, albeit his debut in the fight game 2016. By then, Jones had belt loads of world-class championship caliber wrestling and fighting under his belt. So you really have to weigh Gan's inexperience, 
and his athleticism against who Jones was, what you anticipate he's going to be, and how the weight at 35 is going to affect him. How concerned are you with the layoff? Is that a big in cage rust? I actually think it's fuel for mm. Jones. Okay. I think he, I, I don't want to say he was bored back then, but he was unchallenged. And let's not forget, he, yeah, he didn't, he looked pedestrian against Dom Reyes, but when he fought Dom Reyes, Dom Reyes was a killer. Now he's taken three years off. He's training with three or four UFC heavyweights in his gym. The guy's motivated. I mean, for a guy of his character and athletic pedigree, I think he knows exactly what he has to do to compete. And I'm trusting that he's done everything correctly to get that done. As we're back on VEASAN Best Bets, looking at where the odds right now sit after that initial surge towards Jones in the market, as Lou mentioned, opening is a short underdog. He now sits market wide right now, minus 170, zero gone at plus 145. You can catch more from Lou Finicaro on his Bout Business podcast, as well as our Dave Ross on First Strike. Those episodes are now available if you go to our website, vcin.com, with full picks available for our pro subscribers. Let's transition before we wrap up the show to some Major League Baseball. There's a whole lot of new rule changes out there as we get ready for opening day at the end of the month. Our vcin MLB betting expert, Adam Burke, stopped by a numbers game with Gil Alexander to discuss the latest and how that might impact the betting, especially in the early part of the season. Do you think the rule changes will create a betting opportunity early in terms of totals being muted and not adjusted quick enough? I, I don't know. I mean, until we see them, I don't really know because, you know, I had talked to Christy Andrews and, and Vinny Maliulo about, you know, kind of my preseason prep. And I said, you know, I, I don't know what you want to do with the totals. I don't know if you want to maybe shade them five cents to the over, 10 cents to the over, maybe go up a half run just to start and kind of see what happens. Because something else I started thinking about um, actually this morning, because I had just written the first draft of the Braves preview. Mm -hmm. So the Braves have one of the highest poll percentages in baseball, right? They also have one of the highest exit velocities. So there's a high correlation between pulling the ball and hitting it hard, right? How many left-handed batters shied away from pulling the ball right. because of the shift? So I think, as we talked about in last week's segment, I think there could be a little bit of a drop in pitch velocity with guys not having as much recovery time between pitches. But I also think there could be an increase in exit velocity because now guys that shied away from pulling the ball are going to say, you know what the hell with it? I can pull it through the infield now. So Gee, that's what I'm going to do. Great point. So I think there could be something of an offensive uptick. The problem, of course, is going to be the ball doesn't carry in April, right, because of the weather. So this may be something where mm. April could be kind of slow offensively. Mm. And then all of a sudden, May, June, and July just explode with offense. Wow. So many things. About, and do you agree with me that the, like the bigger bases one, the one that's sort of getting lost in the shuffle actually could be a bigger deal than anything? Because how many, how many people who try to steal bases in baseball, it's like a bang, bang play. Right. And so wouldn't that make a difference? Like, I, I just think offense will has to, I mean, like they've already proven it. Like when they've tested all this stuff out at the minor league level, singles are increasing mm -hmm. and that's what they want. They don't want this to be a home run strikeout sport. Right. So, and, and I think the thing with the stolen bases, and we've kind of seen this a little bit in spring training where a lot of the smart baseball people I follow are like, look, there's an increase in stolen base attempts in spring training. Anyway, guys are trying to make the team, right? They're trying to be aggressive. They're trying to, you know, pad as many stat categories as they can. So there's always an increase in stolen bases in spring training anyway, but in the minor leagues, when they used the bigger bases last year, there was an increase in attempt rate that was pretty sustainable throughout the course of the season. And not only that, 
if you only get to two disengagements, right, and you're not able to stand there, freeze the run or whatever because of the pitch clock, guys are going to get bigger jumps. Of course. So I think stolen bases are absolutely going to go up, not necessarily as a byproduct of the fact that the base is bigger and guys will maybe get to it a little bit quicker, but just simply because pitchers can't control the running game nearly as well. You can check out all of Adam's work at Skating Tripods. He is part of our very big and soon-to-be-released VEASAN baseball betting guide, which comes out Soon, Adam is doing write-ups on all 30 MLB teams, and he will continue his daily write-ups every single morning of the baseball card as we get into this 2023 season. He'll also be hosting our new VEASAN baseball betting podcast, uh, so check that out coming to your feed in just a couple of weeks. As far as the, uh, the rule changes and for how that's going to impact things, look, the pitch clock is what everybody is talking about right now, and because it is such a new thing that is a little bit odd to the eyes, watching pitchers and batters seemingly being hurried onto the mound and back into the batter's box, by the time we get to like May, is anybody going to be talking about that anymore? Once the pitchers and hitters are used to it, I say no. It's one of those things I would not be overreacting to. The bigger thing is watching the market on these win total prices for some teams who either added a lot or subtracted a good amount. And you know, look at the LA Dodgers who have had a very interesting offseason on a number of different fronts. Their win total is now all the way down to 95 and a half. They're barely favored at this point over the Padres, about minus 125 to come out of the NL West. Dodgers who won 111 games last year, but are now back to being projected to opening up the season with Clayton Kershaw as their opening day starter with Walker Bueller still out with Tommy John surgery. So even though the Dodgers still have a lot of good pieces, there's a lot of negatives surrounding L.A. heading into this year. And the latest one was shortstop Gavin Lux set to replace Trey Turner at that position. Lost for the season with a torn ACL last weekend in spring training. That will do it for us today as we thank our producer Tom Catlin behind the glass. Everybody else helping out behind the scenes here at the South Point. I'm Ben Wilson saying so long for VEASAN Best Bets. Up next, Sharp Money, the Friday edition with Dustin Sweetelson, Patrick Maher, and Amal Shaw. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. 
In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.